Everybody has a passion, but what if you could get paid to talk about your passion? If you do not know about Anchor, it is by far the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's completely free. There's tons of tools that enable you to record and edit your podcast from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it will be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so many other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Tar Heel fans, we are back at it with a new episode of the Oh Hill Yeah podcast. I am your host, Carolina Dave. The Panther Guru will be joining me shortly to wrap up the episode, but I have a special guest filling in for him for now. He is a lifelong Tar Heel fan, born and raised in the great state of North Carolina. He is also my brother-in-law. Hunter, how's it going, man? Good, Carolina Dave. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Just like all the other Tar Heel fans, we are on a high right now because we're on a a, a winning streak and things are starting to come together. Um, obviously, the last two games that we uh, we've played, we've won uh, NC State and also uh, most recently last night against Pittsburgh. Uh, we beat NC State 86-76. to 76. Uh, We had some – Baycott has been probably the most consistent player um, that that we've had this uh, against the these teams lately. Uh, he had 17 points and eight rebounds against NC State. And like I said, it was a 10-point uh, victory. What did you see for the Tar Heels against NC State? I saw the Tar Heels put together what I knew they could put together. You know, their bigs played well. The guards complimented the bigs in a good way. And the team actually started clicking a little bit against NC State. Um, it was it was actually a, a fun game to watch. And like you said, with Baycott stepping up and then the guards complimenting him and our, our bigs, we actually played pretty good basketball. Yeah, for sure. Uh I think he is definitely, and I got asked this on uh, Instagram, and I'll throw it. I'll throw it to you. Uh, they asked who was the most improved uh, Tar Heel that I've that from last season's team. Um, it's definitely Baycott. He might be, and and you can make the argument just it's it's different each game. But here lately, I would say that Baycott's the best player for the North Carolina Tar Heels right now. What do you think? Oh, I for sure agree. And it comes down to being consistent. Um, over the past three games, he's been extremely consistent with his production. And in my opinion, that is more important than a really good game, really bad game. And when it comes to being improved, you have to be consistent to actually improve. And the man, has he's played good ball over the past couple of weeks. So I agree with that. Something that I've said before in past episodes, uh, Comparing him to last season, he just looks way more comfortable out there on the court. Uh, the college game has slowed down. Sometimes, and you, you, we've seen it earlier with other players on the Tar Heels teams, uh, you throw these guys into the into the college game, and it doesn't always trans uh, translate to the to the court. You know they're great players, and that's why you brought them to the team, but it doesn't always translate as early as you would like and that was the case with Baycott last year he showed some flashes just like our freshman guards love and Davis which we'll get into in a little bit but Davis or uh, Baycott rather is way more comfortable than uh, than he was last year for sure and uh, last night the Tar Heels picked up a huge victory um, against Pittsburgh in my opinion the best game they played all season Uh, what did the Tar Heels show you last night they show me that they can compete. They can be physical, and they can outperform any team, even with lack of guard play. Like, we can outperform any team just by our post. 
And the fact that Baycott played the way he did and our guards didn't really have great games all the way around, and yet we still won, and our defense played really, really well. So, you know, last night I saw another form of Carolina basketball come to fruition as in defense. Our defense hadn't been doing all that great up until this point, but they really, really started clicking last night and honestly held one of the best players, if not the best player in the ACC, to, you know, a decent stat line. Yeah, and uh, the defense is something that I want to piggyback off of. Um, yeah, he's – it's gonna it's gonna be hard to shut down Champini, but they have two other guys that uh, have to have to score for them to be effective, and and that would be Horton and Tony, and they really they really got to Tony specifically and Horton for that matter, but specifically uh, Tony. He was three for ten from the field, and Horton was four for eleven. So with with that, um, it's really gonna be hard for. Uh, Champagne to carry you to the to victory. I mean, he had 23 points and he's seven for nine from the field. He's very, very effective. And you know that going into the game that he's obviously high on the, the scouting report. But they did a, a good job of uh, affecting two of the three best players uh, on Pittsburgh's roster. Uh, then again, you I mean touching on it, we we talked about it earlier. Armando Baycott, 21 points 10 rebounds eight for 10 from the field then uh garrison brooks played really well he he played for 32 minutes he had 16 points six rebounds and he was eight for 11 for the field so our bigs were definitely very effective with their with their uh shot selection and then the rebounding obviously uh you talk about a a man like dayron sharp he, he only played 16 minutes but he had six points seven rebounds four assists and he was three for five so that doesn't really pop off the uh, the stat sheet, but um, it, the minutes that he played, he was very effective, and he's one of the most uh, effective players on our team. Um, would you put him as the second best player on the team? Right now, if he if he keeps producing, I don't know if I would go so far as to say second best, but as far as second, like in production per time spent on the court, yes, definitely. Um, as far as second best, like as far as talent goes, I like Love, personally. I can see he has a lot of talent. He just hasn't got the confidence yet and put it together. Um, but like you said, with Sharp, he is extremely talented. He puts in the work for the minutes he has. Now, he makes his mistakes, but in the future, I see him being a really big part of this North Carolina team going forward. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely an energy guy off the bench. Uh, a lot of people uh, have the school of thought that him and uh, him and Baycott should be the starters. Um, I like Garrison Brooks' uh, calming presence. For example, with uh, when they went to zone a couple of possessions, uh, Garrison Brooks definitely got in the middle of the zone and was a distributor and made good decisions with the basketball. Uh, Baycott and Sharp in the middle of the zone, can they make some good decisions? Yes. Will they be consistent with making good decisions? I'm not so sure about that. So that's why I think uh, Sharp got his minutes limited last night, and you've seen Garrison Brooks play uh, the most minutes at all the team at 32 because of his ability to make the good decisions if they change defenses. Um, as far as second-best player for as Sharp, uh, I think he's the most – I think he might be the second most uh, efficient. Um, he's going to get his points. Um, he, he rebounds. You know what you're going to get from him. And you know what you're going to get from Amando Baycott. As far as the rest of the team, you're not very, you're not very sure what's uh, going to happen with the rest of the team. I mean, you, uh, you got guards that could be a, a guard-dominant team or it could be Garrison Brooks coming in there and making, making some – shots and getting a lot of rebounds uh it's just we have our identity obviously for carolina basketball is the same as it usually is get the ball down low and try to force feed the paint that's uh that's obviously what what the narrative is for the tar heels but two guys that have kind of grown have grown up 
is R.J. Davis and Caleb Love. Um, what do you think has led to them playing more efficiently, and what do you expect to see out of them coming for the rest of the season? Honestly, um, they're they're getting more confident. They're getting some games under their belt. And as young players, you come from you're the guy on the team and you're the only guy on the team that's at your level. And you jump into a team at Carolina where you have four of those only guys on the teams, if that makes sense. And then you go from being the stud to having to compete for minutes. And they're just now starting to get used to that. Hey, I'm going to have this role. This is how many minutes I'm going to have. And I'm going to have to earn more. And they're getting more comfortable in that role of, hey, I'm going to get this. I'm going to earn all of that. So I think, like I said, just them maturing and then good coaching has helped them progress to this level. But honestly, I don't think they've even came close to reaching their full potential yet. I can see both those guys being uh, really big players towards the end of the year. Yeah, they definitely they definitely have uh, to grow still. Um, they're definitely shooting better, that's for sure. Um, obviously, they had they didn't score as much last night because of how many points in the paint the Tar Heels were uh, scoring. Uh, before that, I think the previous last three games, both of them were in double digits. So prior to the Pittsburgh game last night, they both scored in double digits. Um, they get kind of out of control sometimes, but that's just part of part of it. I mean, Roy Williams wants this team to run way more than they than they have been, and sometimes they run at the at the um, worst time. For example, last night they uh, they had, and this wasn't R.J. Davis or uh, Caleb Love, but Leaky Black took tried to try to score on a two on one fast break with four minutes to go and Pittsburgh was coming back. Um, not the best time to do that, but at the same time, Roy Williams wants the team to run. So what do you, what do you do? Uh, they do make some bad decisions. The turnovers have came way down for both of those players, which has been uh, refreshing because that was really one of the reasons why the Tar Heels lost a lot of games in the beginning was because of the turnovers. Um, and I think the smartest thing Roy Williams did was split them up. R.J. Davis and Caleb Love was in the starting lineup to begin in the season. Bringing Kerwin Walton in has made a huge has made a huge difference for the team because he has um, gave them a spark out uh, shooting outside. They started to respect him and not pack the uh, pack the paint pay, play a pack line defense that a lot of teams have have a. Uh, uh, played against the Tar Heels. Um, Curran Walton and then also R.J. Davis and uh, Caleb Love's ability to knock down some shots now um, have have made teams honor their shooting. So that's definitely – their their growth has definitely affected the Tar Heels' uh, winning streak and how, how they are um, playing now. Uh, one last one last thing before the miss uh, the Panther guru gets on here. Uh, have you seen the clip of Coach K um, talking to a student reporter from Duke after they lost to uh, Louisville? His first question to Coach K, and if so, what's your reaction with that? Yes, I, I watched the clip, um, and I can understand Coach K's frustration. Like he's. I don't think he's ever been in this position at Duke. And he's probably so mad right now. And then coming off of a loss like that, it's it's probably messing with him. And as a coach, that's the least – like, you really don't want to be thinking about tomorrow or the next day. You want to be thinking about what you did there and how you can fix it. So I can understand his frustration, but he's been in the game way too long to have that kind of reaction to a question that really wasn't that difficult to answer. And I think he just – he let the frustration get to him and overreacted. And um, it – like I guess he knows better than to, to react like that to a simple question. But I do understand where he's coming from. And, like I said, he's he's got to be frustrated, which for a Carolina fan, <laughs> that's not – you know, not the worst thing to see. 
but uh it it's interesting to see him so agitated by something that's very simple yeah he could have definitely uh gave some coach speak and sidestepped that question uh i didn't think his response was as bad as a lot of people in the media are making it out to be uh i mean i know it was the kid's first question so you could have uh i mean he knows he knows all the reporters that are usually in his press conference he knows them by name so if you never heard this guy before you might be like okay this 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 guy doesn't doesn't know or uh, this is his first time that I've heard of him, so I probably don't need to bury him. Um, I don't really think he did bury him, but like you said, you put it uh, nicely that he could have answered the question. It was a, it was a softball question. Uh, if he when he asked the question, all he had to say is, uh, "We're gonna go home, watch the film, and try to get better." That's a, I mean that's a easy easy question. You're not in the position right now to try to be given a college student reporter life uh life talks and try to teach him life lessons through through media right now uh that's the last thing you should be doing and he may even he may be frustrated with uh the idea that he canceled all of his games earlier in the season that he could have used those games uh, even if they would have lost them uh maybe get better sending your guys home uh, due to covid would you use that as in my mind an excuse because you were not playing as well uh, has definitely came back to bite them. Uh, they won last night, too, against the Georgia Tech team. Uh, they, they looks like they're playing better. So we'll see where they go from here. But definitely on this podcast, we are more focused uh, on the on the Tar Heels. And yes, sir. We'll see. We'll see where they go. They have two more games before they uh, before they get another home game. I believe. Let me pull up the schedule real quick. There so next. We have, I think we have two on the road and possibly three, if that rescheduled game gets added into the schedule. Yes, they. That's a, that's something uh, to bring up. They might. They may fill Saturday's void with a with their game. They may, um, where they had to cancel. I believe they canceled the Clemson. They had to move postpone the Clemson game. But they filled that one with the Notre Dame game that we won at the buzzer. So it looks like they're going to be playing Clemson uh, Tuesday at Clemson, then uh, at Duke on the 6th. So um, Roy Williams had said in a press conference that when they asked him, how do you keep this young team focused when you don't play for almost a week? Uh, he said, don't be too sure that we might not feel that game Saturday with somebody. Um some games that they had to reschedule, things of that nature. Uh, I don't know exactly who would be filled with. If they're talking maybe Syracuse. If yeah, if, that, that's what I've been hearing too. Yeah, if if Syracuse can feel it, um, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I would. I, I'm not trying to jinx the Tar Heels, but I, I I'm very I'm very impressed with how they've handled the COVID protocol. Uh, they're I, they haven't had to cancel any games or postpone any games on their behalf. Um, they've been – that's an attribute, uh, tribute to to Roy keeping the guys uh, focused and the players. I mean, it's young. They're young kids. It's uh, – you're in college, and a lot of them are in college for the first time, obviously, like their first year. So they don't know what to what to expect, and they can't go out and meet friends or go do other things. They're just on an empty campus pretty much because everybody else is doing online studies, and you're just hanging out with your – your team so and doing online classes and things of that nature uh but you're on campus so it's a weird time but they've definitely uh handled the uh covid protocol very well uh definitely like to thank them that for that as a fan for sure but like we touched on uh some hard road games if it stays if it stays like that the next games will be at clemson and at duke uh Clemson's definitely been reeling lately, but they they started out real hot in ACC. Uh, They've dropped a couple games as of late, and Duke uh, looks like they're turning things around. So, as fans, we'll keep an eye on Saturday to see if they reschedule that game against Syracuse. Um, If they do, I hope they can uh, contain uh, Buddy Bayheim. maybe put Leaky Black on him to begin with because – that worked really well for the Tar Heels and was really what set them over the edge uh, against Syracuse in the second half. The first half, he got everything he wanted. 
when they played uh, when they played at Chapel Hill. But Leaky Black did a great job defensively for uh, for them against Syracuse and against Buddy Beheim in the second half, which really put them over the the hump to win that game. So we'll see um, we'll see where they're where what happens. Uh, one last thing. The Tar Heels have climbed to fifth in the in the ACC rankings, which that's not where we want to be as Tar Heel fans. We're not used to seeing them down that low, obviously. Um, but with Louisville at five and two, Virginia Tech at five and two, Florida State at five and one, and Virginia at seven and zero, oh, where do you think the Tar Heels can end up in the regular season standings? So. In the regular season standings, I would like to see us up around uh, two or three. I don't see us climbing to one, um, mm-hmm. but I can see us uh, climbing to two or three. Like, we still have Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Louisville all on, all on the schedule, and then Florida State later on in the year. So, I mean, as a fan, I want to see us win every single one of those games. But, you know, as college basketball goes, it's not very likely. So – you're going to lose one of those. Um, so I think we could we could move up to third if uh, if we play our cards right. Um, possibly second if we if we start playing like we can play as Tar Heels and our guards start contributing. We can end up at second. But I think uh, third is a, a good safe bet um, to, to be realistic on where I would like to see us at the end of the year. Yeah, I think third's probably going to be uh, what, what to expect. Um, Florida State has Miami, Georgia Tech, uh, Boston College, Virginia Tech, Florida State, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Miami, North Carolina, uh, Boston College, and Notre Dame left. Uh, I think Florida State will finish second. Um, Virginia, obviously, I think, as uh, with them being undefeated, unless uh, the wheels fall off, they'll they'll lock up number one. I would say that the Carolina, the max that they can reach in the regular season at the end of the uh, end of regular season would be third, just because of their schedule they have left. I mean, they have the their back half of their ACC schedule is is loaded, but that's not necessarily a oh, bad yeah. thing because uh, we might not be where we are today if it wasn't if if we would have had to play a bunch of these teams up up front. Um, so we'll see, we'll see where where we are at the end of the regular season. Um, second or third definitely is definitely a, attainable for uh, Tar Heel fans to be thinking about for sure. I just need I me personally me personally I need to see them win some games like a Virginia, like a Virginia Tech, like a Louisville to to prove to me that you know that they are a contender and that'll go a long ways for me. What do you think about that? I agree. For me, I need to see our guards play consistent. Once our guards play consistent, I'll know we can compete with those teams. But like you said, for them to play consistent, they're going to have to do it against Virginia in four games, maybe five games. So, you know, once once we get a good game, Virginia, Virginia Tech, we got them back-to-back. Once we get those two games out of the way with, then we'll be able to, to really tell if we're a potential for that 2-3 seed in the ACC. But I agree with what you said. You know, you have to you have to see us compete against a a top level team in the ACC to to be confident that we can actually be that two three you know seed in the in the ACC tournament. All right, Tar Heel fans. Mister Panther Guru has entered the chat. How's it going? Going good. Going good. What's up, Tar Heel Nation? There it is. What you think, man? What'd you see over the last two games against NC State and and Pitt? We talked about this earlier with my with our special guest Hunter. He gave some excellent insight. But uh, you are the guru, so what have you seen the last two games? UNC is back. Oof, you're going you're going that far. You think they're back? I'm I'm going that far. You know, I think honestly, I think the Hills the Hills fans are a little bit uh kind of wary of me. Uh, versus uh, how how normal Panthers fans are. The Hills fans are just like, you know what? This guy is like one of those strange optimists, and and you know he's probably too 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 sold on on the Tar Heels. Um, 
Well, I am. You know, I honestly believe that they've kind of found their toughness. I honestly believe that they found their toughness. You know, the Tar Heels have been struggling as of late. They've been up and down, up and down. But no, I think that they found their, their toughness, and, and now we're actually going to see them start going forward. I think that they got their swagger back. They beat yeah. the other wolf pack like we thought they would. And, and, and yeah, it's going just like how I'm assuming it's going to go. Yeah, for uh, I, I said this earlier in the episode. Um, I need them to – for them to prove to me that they are back, like you were saying – I need them to go out and beat a Virginia Tech, a Louisville, a Virginia, which they're going to have coming up. Their their back stretch of this ACC regular season is, I would put, I would say it's the toughest strength of schedule left. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, Roy Williams got them playing playing better for sure. I I definitely attribute a lot to him. Uh, definitely coaching this team up, getting the lineup. Uh, combination right um, and what do you think about the two freshman guards uh, RJ Davis and Caleb Love granted last night against uh, Pitt they didn't have a high scoring game but that's because uh, the Tar Heels had so much success in, in the paint no absolutely I think you know they, they're coming alive at the right time but like I, I mean I'll be honest with you the guy that I'm really, um, really impressed with during this whole stretch is Leaky Black. That guy's really making a name for him. So people are taking notice of Leaky Black now, for sure. Hmm. That's an interesting, uh, interesting take. He's definitely a, uh, a Swiss Army knife, um, kind of a glue guy. He uh, plays really good defense at times. He's not gonna, he's not gonna get, you, he's not gonna go out there and get you twenty points every night. That's for sure. But uh, he can run the point guard, and he can be a like I said, he can guard, he can guard uh, your best player as long as he's not a seven footer. Uh, I'm surprised we didn't see him more on Champagne last night. But Garrison Brooks did a pretty good job trying to limit the uh, the scoring of probably the ACC Player of the Year. I'll, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say that he's uh, he's he's been playing phenomenal. Um, he lit up Duke for thirty-one, and to hold him to twenty-three, uh, it's not it's not excellent. But what they really did with their with Pittsburgh's second and third best players uh, says says a lot. So their defense is definitely coming up. But my point about R.J. Davis and Caleb Love, uh, to piggyback off what you said, definitely they're coming they're coming alive. They're limiting their turnovers. Um, Caleb Love. Uh, Coach Williams actually said that he could he has the potential to be the best guard defender that he's ever coached. And uh we we all know the long history of guards that have came out of uh Chapel Hill. Is that, is that him saying that just to give him some confidence? Um I don't think Coach Williams is that kind of guy. But I I definitely see if you agree with this. I think that the Tar Heels will go as far as their guards will let them. No, absolutely. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, Roy Williams has really came to the defense of, of Caleb Love plenty of times. And, you know, the criticism, like you said, might be a little bit unfair of Caleb Love. The guy does do a good job of drawing fouls. Um, I, I think just to even say what some analysts have said, it's not that Caleb Love is not a given what he's – given what he's able to do, like, against what he, what he did at Pitt. Excuse me if I'm not – uh, saying that correctly. So what he was able to do at Pitt, he's definitely capable of doing that consistently. It just, it's just saying that because he's a freshman, he's younger, it's not that he's taking bad shots. It's just that his shot selection could be a little bit better. And I think that his, his shot selection was great against Pittsburgh. So if he has more games like that, I think that's going to be a big boost for the Tar Heels offense in general, especially when you talk about him and R.J. Davis performing like how they did against Pitt, doing that on a more consistent level, almost makes uh, the, the Tar Heels look like they can compete with just about anybody. Yeah, they did They did a very good job of not, like I said, limiting turnovers. They didn't fill it up on the score line like they have. But uh, like, you, like, you, like we said, uh, you know, you got Baycott and Brooks 
that dominated the 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 paint so they wouldn't they wouldn't they wouldn't ask to shoot a lot of shots on the outside and you know drive the ball um but before that the last three games before that both Davis and Love both had double digit scoring uh from the three games prior to that so um, they're definitely maturing, that's for sure. They're not being out of control and making crazy passes, and they're coming into their own. They're uh, starting to understand the system a little bit better. Um, something that's been going around in the media, uh, I don't know if you got a chance to uh, see it. It's, it's relatively new. Um, Coach K is back in the media for um, the way he handled the first question after losing to Louisville, the first question of a student reporter, his very first press conference with Coach K. Have you seen this? No, I did not. Okay. Well, I'll give you um, – you have to look it up. But um, me personally, I have no problem ripping Coach K, but I don't think it was that bad. The only thing – he – so the 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 it was like keep in mind this is his first time ever being in a press conference as a student reporter, and he asked Coach K, uh, "Where where do you guys go from here?" Because you know obviously they've lost several games in a row. Last night they won against Georgia Tech, but um, he said, you know, Coach K said very calmly, he said, you know, we just got off of a loss. Um, we're not really thinking about moving forward. We're thinking about right now. He's like. What's your major at Duke? Then he repeated himself. What's your major at Duke? What's your hardest class? And the guy said ecom. And he said, okay, if if you just got done with your the hardest ecom class you or ecom test you ever had, um, and you were really worried about it, uh, I'm paraphrasing by the way. Um, would you? And somebody came up to you and asked, what it, what's your next move? What are you doing next? And um, do you see the empathy there? And he, I mean, that was that was a little too much, in my opinion, to be saying to the to the student reporter. There's a very easy question. He could have just said, you know, on the plane ride home, we'll talk to the players. You know, get in the film room, look at the film, and then practice hard to try to get better. Very very easy question that you could have done some coach speak, but instead he tried to teach the kid a life lesson i guess um that just shows his frustration but uh, a lot of the national media is over over um over hopping what is said but at the same time he does deserve in my opinion some blame for um not giving the kid a little bit of a break honestly um i, I think it, it's always hard to deal with a lot of media things these days but you know like you said when you you undergo media training and you've been in any industry for a stretch of time, you kind of know how to conduct yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. We're all human beings, though. Everybody's allowed a bad day, so let's not, uh, you know, g- get off the, the uh, that point of view and saying that just uh, seasoned professionals can't have a bad day or a bad moment, or that you know LeBron James doesn't have a bad moment. Um, not trying to pick on LeBron in general or anything like that. He's just the first person that popped into my mind. Um, when I when I think about celebrities, um, but usually I'm saying anybody, any type of professional, whether that's a doctor, a lawyer, anybody can have a bad day. So I don't want to just chop it like I'm actually more so with you. I'm not even going to go against you in this note because it's just like once you start elaborating too much, it's kind of on you at that point because you didn't have to do all that. All right. This is a very easy question. Yeah. From a from a from a guy. Uh, I mean, Roy Williams has went off on reporters too, but uh, it just. I think some of it might be you know earlier in the season, Coach K uh, canceled a bunch of his non-conference games because of uh, how poorly they had been playing, and uh, unlike North Carolina, not canceling any games, and we just rode the waves of of the lo- of losing these early games and. We're getting better. Um, I'm not saying Duke is down and out, but uh, they're still trying to find themselves. But we'll, we'll see. Uh, I just wanted to definitely – a lot of people have been asking me about that. So I wanted to get both of you guys' thoughts 
on that matter. Um, like I said, uh, not it's not terrible, but in my opinion. But I mean, I'm also uh, a little bit more uh, tough skinned, I guess. Some people are a little bit sensitive. I, I can understand, like, hey, that was the kid's first question ever. Bad timing for sure for Coach K to get upset. And uh, like, also, like you said, he's been doing this a long time. Um, so he should have known a little bit better. The heat of the moment, I get it. They've never been this bad probably in his career since he start, since he's brought Duke to the level that they're known for. But he, he should have known a little bit uh, a little bit better. So move, moving on to our beloved – back to our beloved Tar Heels. They have, uh, including against Pittsburgh, uh, they have three games on the road. Pittsburgh – and their next game is, as of right now, is Tuesday at seven versus Clemson. A Clemson team that is nine and four, but has lost several games in a row. And then Saturday, uh, February sixth, we get a um, our first chapter of the greatest rivalry in all of sports: North Carolina versus Duke. Um, there is only one caveat to that. Um, the Tar Heels are off this Saturday. This was supposed to be the game that they played. This this Saturday was supposed to be the game that they played against Notre Dame. But if you remember uh, back in early January, I want to say, uh, Coach Williams got on the uh, phone with the coach from Notre Dame, and they, they made that game work uh, where Carolina got one of their games uh, canceled, non-conference games canceled, I believe, or one of their games postponed. Oh, it was a Syracuse game that they got postponed that um, they moved for for Notre Dame to play in a short notice. Um, I have heard that possibly they might play Syracuse this Saturday, so Tar Heels fans uh, keep that in mind. And that will also be a road game, so it could possibly be uh, four, four road games in a row. Um, what, do you, what do you think what, – what do you expect out of the Heels with that many road games – yeah, the rest right. would be for disaster. You know, I'm just going to be honest about it. I think this is really a rest disaster. The Tar Heels have not been good on the road at all. You know, they've been undefeated at home. They've got a great home record, um, but they've been horrible, um, extremely horrible on the road. That's where all of their losses have came from. Um, so if we're being honest about it, it doesn't bode well for the Tar Heels to have a long road stretch because um, – it just hasn't boded well for them being on the road in general throughout most of this season. And whenever you talk about a stretch, then you also have to factor things into um, play where it comes to mental discipline and fatigue. And with a young team, those are two things that usually always go against you as well. So, Yeah, just a little preview of uh, their next game on the schedule versus Clemson. Um Clemson's last five games, they beat Miami by one. They beat NC State by four. Uh, they lost by 35 to Virginia. They lost by 18 to Georgia Tech. And they lost to Florida State by 19. So the Clemson team that had been shooting at the polls um, has come back, has kind of leveled off. Their next, their next game is actually about to tip off here in a little bit versus number 25, Louisville. I'll definitely be tuning into that after this podcast. And uh, then they then they play uh, Saturday against Duke, and then they'll play us. Um, so my question to you, with a week, with a week off potentially, because they're, they're, the Tar Heels uh, game is not their next game as of right now, it's not till Tuesday. Um, do you think that's too long of a lapse uh, for for the you get this young team, or do you think that uh, it's a good thing to have that that long of a break? Or what's what's your what's your thoughts on that? Uh, I think that you know anything that can work against a young team will. Um, this is my this is my biggest concern. The Tar Heels have not given me any type of relative pause where I could say, okay, no, I trust this team. Um, even though I am hyped up about their latest results, and like I told you, I believe that things are trending in the areas that I had 
uh, predicted with the rest of the schedule prediction that I had did um, on the earlier podcast. I still believe that this road stretch was going to be a tough time for them, and I did actually predict them losing um, several several of the games. However, I would love for them to prove me wrong, but in sports, I can't be a fan more than I am being realistic because it's just, I mean, how great would it be to say, oh, we're going to win the Final Four every year? Of course, if, that, if I could just snap my fingers and say that or even say that every single year, I would love to win the Final Four every single year and create this unstoppable dynasty to be the Alabama of basketball. I wouldn't, you know what I'm saying? That's exactly what I want. But it's not realistic. The Tar Heels have a really great team that they've reloaded with, but the team just, I don't know. They're too inconsistent. And that doesn't really help the fact that they're going to have that layover time and then maybe that the mental preparation kind of slips and this team has needed Roy Williams to get even more fired up than usual. Yeah, it's it's. I'm just saying this this specific Tar Heels team does not give me great pause. Okay, and one thing that we got into earlier, myself and uh, Hunter, was um, the Tar Heels now have moved up to fifth overall in the ACC standings. Um, definitely not what we thought going into the season. We thought we'd do uh, be a little bit better at this point in the season. Uh, Virginia is seven and zero, and they're in first place. Second place is Florida State at six and one. Virginia Tech is five and two at third place, and then uh, fourth place, five and two, Louisville, and then you got the Tar Heels at six and three. Where do you see the Tar Heels uh, ending the se- the regular season? What what place do you see them ending in? Um, let's say third place. Um. It's, it's it's really hard to predict, but I'm I'm gonna say third place. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, as usual. You and me are are on the same page. Uh, I I I picked them to be third, and that's crazy. That's exactly where they were uh, preseason picked to finish. Um, definitely the we didn't see this coming out of Florida State. They are a great team. Um, they they play really well, but yeah. Uh, the Tar Heels are in fifth right now. I could see them moving up to third, so I'm with the guru um, when it comes to potentially seeing where our beloved Tar Heels finish. Um, last thing we got is our fans' favorite uh, segment, Tar Heels Trending. You ready to get into it? Let's do it. Okay. Um Let's see. Oh, yeah, something that uh, actually got uh, asked me on uh, Instagram, of all places. Uh, we're starting to get a lot. Of, we've, I did a question, uh, a Q&A on Instagram on, on the on the Ohelia story, and we got a lot of responses. Um, who do you think the most improved player is? That was on last year's team. That's uh, that's playing this year. Who is the most improved player from last year's team that's that, on this team this year? Mm-hmm. That is a that's a good one. Um, from what I've seen so far, and I don't want to choose the easiest one. You know that we're all pretty much thinking about. Let me let me actually really think about this for like two seconds. Um, again, Leaky Black, man. Let, let me let me stick with Leaky Black because honestly, I wanted to just go ahead and just choose um, Garrison Brooks, but I mean that's too that's too easy. I would uh, I would actually argue that Garrison Brooks has digressed a little bit as of ladies coming off, but I think the easiest answer is Armando Baycott with his ability to score uh, these last two games specifically. He's he's uh, he's been playing amazing. I mean, he's uh, he's been the leading scorer for the Tar Heels for a while. Um, last year, he was spotty in scoring, uh, but he kind of looked, looked like what R.J. Davis and Caleb Love looked like at the beginning of the season. 
a little bit lost, um, you know, just like not ready, not ready for the limelight, but he is definitely ready. So I would, I would say Armando, Armando Baycott is, is the guy for me. I mean, Garrison Brooks is a, is a great, uh, is a great player. Obviously he's senior. He's, he's our leader. Um, and uh, Leaky Black, like I said, man, I, I like I like the the things that he brings to the team. He's definitely a a glue guy. Uh, he's going to get you rebounds. He can block he can block your shot. He can also score a little bit, and he can bring the ball up. He can start the he can start the break. So those are all those are all good things that he does, and it's stuff that you don't see uh, in the stats. I can tell you're a guy that um, doesn't read as much into the stats. You, you, what, what pops off at the screen for you, like Leaky Black diving for a loose ball that lead to a open three pointer. Yeah, Kerwin Walton might get that three points, but if it wasn't for Leaky Black, there would be no three points. So yeah, I definitely, definitely, definitely see what you're saying. Absolutely, and, it's about those things that you really can't quantify. I've always believed that so many people are successful in life by the energy of those that provi- that are around them. Some people might not be the star. Some people might not score 300 points or 300 goals or, you know what I'm saying, 300 touchdowns, but they're pressing. Something about somebody's presence sometimes can catapult a team to success or that grit, being willing to do the dirty work when you don't have to. That stuff boosts everybody's uh, ability around you. And that's the most impressive part. Oh yeah, here's a here's a pretty good one that uh, that that'll get everybody a good laugh. Uh, on scale of a, a one to ten, what would you give Roy Williams' lo- uh, locker room dancing skills? Oh man, I'll give him a two. No. <laughs> yeah, I'll give him a two. The guy's not much of a dancer, in my opinion, but I mean he's funny. I got to I got to give him Lisa 8 just cuz it's not that good but he's 60 some years old and he doesn't care <laughs> that obviously millions of people are going to see this and he saves it for he saves it for key wins so the team knows after he gets his interview in what he's going to do and uh just the joy on the kids the kids faces um and is okay another one for you that I just thought of um I know he hasn't been wearing them this season cuz of covid on a scale of one to ten, what do you give Roy Williams suit uh, suits? Oh, suit game! I'm gonna go ahead and give him at least a seven. Yeah, his suits are fly. I always joke uh, uh, with my wife, like when we have kids and it's time for me to coach the, the sports, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go down to Franklin Street and uh, get some suits like Roy Williams, even if they are playing, like if they're four years old and they're playing soccer and I'm coaching. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we might not be the best team, but we're gonna be the best dressed. And um, what about this this season specifically? He's uh, he's obviously he's hung the suits up. But have you have you seen the Jordans he's been wearing? Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah Roy Williams, man. The game is there too. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't disappoint. He's going to figure out how to impress one way or another, either with his suit and tie or his feet. But I guess it doesn't it doesn't hurt to have the the greatest of all time. On speed dial when it when you need shoes and he is the keys he has the keys to the Jordan brand so um, definitely no I definitely didn't think we were going to do a deep dive into Roy Williams' um, wardrobe but there you have it fans I know that's a that's a hot topic I love his uh, my favorite jacket he wears is the gray and pla- uh, the gray and blue plaid he breaks that he breaks that out quite often and then there's one he breaks out for. Uh, big games. I think it's solid blue um, jacket. But yeah, I definitely miss definitely miss Roy Williams' uh, suit game. But uh, his shoe game has stepped up a lot. But that's all we have for today's episode of the Proud Report. I mean, the Oh Hill Yeah podcast. Definitely check us out on the Proud Report. You can find it at the Proud Report on all social media outlets. We're going to be recording that one soon. Uh, Carolina Panthers fans, be ready because 
this is a buffet of content that we're about to throw out on the the Prowl Report. We know we usually do uh, a lot of good content on that on that uh, show, but this one specifically, this is one of the busiest off seasons that a team is going to have. That's picking number eight in the draft. It's crazy. So little little um, tidbit there for you, but we'll be back with the Oh Hill Yeah podcast. Uh, we'll keep you up to date. Um, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel, Mister Guru. I mean, they're they're rolling. Uh, you heard it earlier. The man said they're back, so uh, they've done enough to impress him. And uh, I know he he wouldn't say that if he if he didn't mean it. He's a very genuine man. We definitely appreciate all the work he does here at the Ohelia yeah Podcast. Um, tell him where to find you on Twitter and all social medias. Absolutely. Follow me at PantherGuru1 on social media. Definitely. And you can find me on Twitter at CarolinaDaveNC. And like I said, both of our podcasts are on Twitter and Instagram. Ohelia. Yeah. That's O-H underscore heel underscore yeah. So... For the guru, for Hunter, definitely like to give him a shout out uh, for coming on and giving his perspective. Longtime Tar Heel fan, just like me, born and raised in the great state of North Carolina. Uh, he's been he's been uh, watching Tar Heels as long as he can remember. So definitely, we'll have him back um, when we can. And if you want to be on the show, on either show. Let us know. We are a very fan interactive podcast. Uh, that's definitely a lot of feedback that we get. Is that we're so fan inclusive, and we we love we're fans too. I mean, we just love talking to other people about about this kind of stuff. But yep. come talk hoops with us. Oh yeah, hoops, football, badminton, whatever you got, we'll talk about it. <laughs> but but for the guru, this is Carolina Dave, and it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. We will catch y'all later.